0: episode six of six feet under in place of anger is over but we're just getting started here on post show recaps that's right you already know we're doing this recap podcast we're visiting the critically acclaimed hbo series episode by episode my name is ariel and i am joined as always by my co-host dr amanda what's up amanda
1: Hello, Ariel. I am here to recap the episode with you and offer um, a, not the most original perspective, but it's authentic.
0: Yes. No, I appreciate that. Uh, you're resisting the carnal and um, oh, yes. that's your mother. Like
1: that's like my your, mother. Oh my God,
0: yeah. That's your mother robbing off on you. You know, oh Ariel,
1: you're, the goddess is clearly manifesting <laughs> just... There are so many
0: lines I can't wait to talk about. This episode is hilarious and also really good, uh, mm-hmm. frankly, as far as I'm concerned. I'd love to hear, although I can tell already by some of your excitement, I'd love to hear what you thought about it. Mm-hmm. But I I have this thing with shows. I'm ready to reveal this about myself. Wow. Um, it's, it's a very specific thing. Uh, where, like, as they go on in their runs, they start to, I always think of it and, like, talk about it sometimes it's like spinning plates right and they like start spinning more and more plates Mm -hmm. and it's just this dance that they're doing becomes so incredibly sophisticated and complicated and like emotionally satisfying and it's incredible to watch and I feel like this was the episode finally where like so many of the characters storylines and their interactions are like starting to now i'm going to do a different metaphor starting to like fold back in on themselves and create like layers of history and it's mm. so incredible to watch and the fact that we've been doing for the beginning just makes it that much more satisfying this is this might be my favorite episode so far of the season I have to wow yeah
1: interesting um i also love this episode i love the introduction of the sarah character who's played by the incredible Patricia Clarkson who really sings here and I think like to actually she does literally sing in Russian but she also sings right. as a presence on the show
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I think to your point about the layered history, one thing that um, my husband, my Nate I'll give him some credit here is pointed out like in in drama in um, film and television, like it's always most interesting to introduce characters who have a pre-existing relationship when you have characters who are meeting for the first time in the action of a show, Mm -hmm. then there's like all of this like background and exposition that needs to happen. But when you have like a family drama, then there's so much history of the characters to draw on. And I think that Mm -hmm. six feet under has always been like particularly deft at introducing new characters in the mix. Like we got Lisa earlier we had Mm -hmm. you know Billy last season um but we get these new characters in the mix but they can really seamlessly fit into the dynamic because they have a history with the characters that's already established and then that brings in and amplifies what we already know about those characters so Mm -hmm. like it's just really successful I think Six Feet Under does it almost as well as anything else that comes to mind um but I was really really delighted To get Sarah in this episode and learn about this dynamic that Ruth has with her sister. It makes all too much sense that there's going to be a foil to Ruth
0: Uh somewhere
1: in her childhood. And this was just like a really, really fun episode for highlighting that.
0: Yeah, just to see ruth be a sibling and just be like a specific type and that doesn't and i don't mean to like minimize it in that sense of like she's not special but like so there's something so much more relatable about that and like as a sibling myself that's what Mm -hmm. i enjoy. we talk about all the time like the fisher siblings that we already know so well and then to your point to see to get the ruth piece of it it just feels like such a precious history Mm. and such a gift and in a way that like completely telegraphs that ruth probably wouldn't want us to know either like as the viewer (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just like she doesn't want her sister around her family in a way it's just it's so, so funny and obviously so tragic in a way, but also so lovely to get that, like the extra layers again of her and how that impacts her children and her relationship mm-hmm. with her daughter, especially. But yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Very exciting. Lots to talk about. Um should we get into our quick plot recap and then we can get into some nitty gritty stuff? Even though yeah. we've been doing like our own little personal This quick was plot like recap. a
1: preview nitty gritty. And yes. now we're, this was just the Amu's it's booze. The
0: Amu's booze. <laughs> this is how you get the certificate that you finished the podcast. Oh, you have to go yes. through All the layers. Okay. Here we go. So this episode directed by Michael Engler, written by Christian Taylor. I don't know why I said that like that. Uh So we begin this episode with the death of D-bag Matthew Heath Collins, who went overboard on a company booze cruise. He went after the. you just you, I mean, he didn't mean to clearly, but that was. That was a bad move. Uh, Fisher and Sons competes with Kroner for the Collins uh, business of the of the body, and Mitzi once again tries to woo the Fishers with a big fat check, and it comes with a trip attached to it. David seems tempted, but Nate quickly refuses in his normal way of just saying no immediately to her, and uh, it believing that it is his life's purpose to help people. Yet, through the grieving process, I would argue he also doesn't believe probably that he has a lot of time left on this road. So he's like, I have to like seal the, mm-hmm. the family uh, legacy. Speaking of Nate, Brenda and Nate are basking in the glow of their engagement because-
1: The they- ebb is over.
0: <laughs> the ebb is over and we are just getting started. <laughs> That's what Nate is thinking because he can't help but bring it up. Oh my God, we're going to get to this. Like Nate, just stop talking about it um they uh basking in the glow of their engagement <clears throat> and ruth's reaction when they tell her at the dinner leaves a lot to be desired although you know getting into the specifics of why will be interesting to talk about later brenda dreams of being smothered by nate literally like smothered uh, to within an inch of her life and she I guess lashes out or kind of acts out, I would say. Mm, by there was some lashing clothes. motions <laughs> involved. <laughs> we lashing. Oh, God. oh not Ali Lasher, I uh, by giving one of her clients uh, at happy ending. Um yeah, that happened. Meanwhile, Ruth regrets the renovations on her home. "Quote unquote," when her sister Sarah comes to visit after a twenty-year absence, Sarah is in some ways the antithesis of Ruth—creative, free, charismatic. Sarah immediately gets under Ruth's skin by connecting with uh, with a bunch of people, but specifically with Claire in a way that Ruth can only dream of. I can't wait to talk about this. Ruth sees un Ruth sees the unbridled fun in Sarah that she can seemingly never have. Uh, but it turns out that Sarah's life isn't as fun as Ruth has perceived it to be. David's relationship with Ben goes kind of south when uh, they run into uh, Taylor at the church, and then that leads to later on a conversation with um, between David and Ben, where Ben says, "I love you," and David's like, uh, I'm "Still in love with somebody else. Sorry." <laughs> I have to go. Bye. Uh, And then lastly, we get to see Claire's art for the first time with the help of Sarah. Oh, my God. I keep saying this. but I can't wait to talk about this. Ruth is able to see her daughter as a true artist. They bond when Ruth shows Claire a box of all the stuff that that Claire made uh, when she was a little girl that Ruth, of course, has kept and has kept with such love artwork from her childhood. And that is what happened on this episode oh wow so,
1: happy. <laughs> so where, where should, should we start? yeah where, where should we start i feel like we should start with aunt sarah because we've already built this up and i feel like this it's is true. like the we headline have
0: to to it. yeah 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 the oh. anticipation
1: mm-hmm. um yeah so we finally meet ruth's sister who's been i guess is it really 20 years since ruth and sarah have seen each other
0: I I mean, it probably hasn't – maybe that's an exaggerated number, but I think it's it's clearly been a while.
1: It's not in, like, Claire's, like, conscious lifetime because Claire does – Claire thought she was dead, doesn't seem yes, to know her at all. And that's
0: so tragic when when Claire says that. Like, no, it's not that – Ruth told me that, or not that my mom told me that you were dead. I just kind of assumed that you were dead based on how she talked about you. Ouch. Ooh. Incredible. That's
1: really harsh. Um, and I guess that like t- that 20 years would map on to like, if we think that Nate is 35.
0: Yeah. And right. Because he- Claire is almost 20.
1: You yeah, know, she's so,
0: a few years south of that. So, like, the idea that they might have fallen off right before Claire was bar- born, it kind of kind of tracks.
1: And maybe the Topanga trip, which we're going to hear about. Oh, like, yes, Nate was of-
0: fifteen. Yes, That's- this was the demar- This is the Nexus event to use three yes. parlance.
1: Um, yeah. So, like, let's just talk about this. The dinner where, like, so so um, you know, Aunt Sarah kind of breezes in. Like, we see that she like is a world traveler. She's an artist. Of course she did the plan before it was called the plan. And she met the creator when she was like tripping on acid. She has
0: so many, like I couldn't even write them down fast enough. I felt like I was watching an episode of happy ending. Oh my God. Speaking of happy endings, uh, <laughs> literally the show though, one of my favorite yeah. comedies, happy endings. Um So many jokes per minute coming out of Sarah's mouth. Just so, mm-hmm. so, so funny. The plan thing, like the way she's able to just, in that way. And this is all like based on the way Ruth sees it, like kind of minimize what Ruth did by saying, Oh my God, I did that in the 70s. <laughs> like that was a whole other thing. And then he came on to me, I can't remember his name, like Yorgos or something. Yeah, yeah. I just I I was trying LSD. No, I was
1: trying acid for the
0: first time. So I was like, I had to I had to blow him off. It's insane. It's hilarious. Her life.
1: Her life. Um yeah. So these are very, very different women, obviously. Sarah and Ruth. And um and Ariel, you mentioned that, you know, you're you have a sibling, I have a sibling. I want to spend a little bit of time with this. Like yes. are you a Sarah or are you a Ruth? Okay.
0: Okay. So I wasn't gonna talk about it. But since you're asking, and I cannot lie to you. I can maybe lie to other people, but I you're one of the few people I can't lie to.
1: And I'm the only one who's gonna hear this. So just you're the don't only worry. One this is who's like hear this,
0: so it, nothing else matters. Um uh, there's no record of this. I I'm the younger sibling. It's only mm-hmm. three-year difference, but it's important to the story. Um, because that that age difference matters so much more when you're little. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. these, you know, these days it matters so little in a lot of ways. But when you are under uh, under 18, for the most part, that age difference matters a lot, both in school and in the sibling relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember sometimes my brother would bring friends home and, like, would get annoyed. Like, it wasn't that I, like, ever saw myself as, like somehow more anything personality wise but watching my brother get so annoyed at me getting along with his friends me in to oh this is something that he has no control over so this means that i i clearly possess some ability oh (laughs) because at that really it was like no i don't want you to be friends with my friends these are my friends and like i was just I mean, one I was bored and whatever, I was the little, I was the little brother. So I was always trying to like act older than I was. So there was Mm -hmm. a way in which like, you know, I was being pulled in that direction, even unconsciously. Um, But I had that while watching this, I was like, oh God, he used to get so mad at me. And I remember there was like one person specifically where it was like, no, not this person. Like
1: uh-huh you can't
0: do this, with this person so and you just like had the video. raw
1: magnetism of a I Sarah mean,
0: that's that those are not the words I used, but like you know when I did it in the 70s it was called something else it was <laughs> just like it was called being nice but like sure fine whatever <laughs> that's that's I mean. what I was thinking about in this in this study.
1: wow so you're this you're the Sarah in your sibling relationship Um I have to say like I if if I have if if I took me and my sister and had to map one of us onto Sarah and one of us onto Ruth, there's absolutely no question that I would be Ruth. No <laughs> question. My sister is om- as close to Sarah as a human can be, who's not a caricature. She's like lives in the Southwest. She's an artist. Like she's very free spirited. Um, like like Sarah is. So like, to the point where I was watching this episode with my husband and he said, like, if we send the kids to your sister's house, there's a good chance that she would lose one of them and the other one would lose their virginity.
0: They just get lost, like, under the rug. Like, where I, is it? We don't I know.
1: That's First of all, like, a dinner party at the Fishers always delivers. Ten yes. out of ten. They yes. nail it. Every time. Always some of the best scenes in the series. And I loved when, like, Ruth leaves the table and Claire wants to get the dish on why Ruth was so upset about mm-hmm. this Pega trip. And that's when we find out that Nate was 15 and lost his virginity to a very sensitive 32-year-old woman. <laughs> Fiona is lovely, okay?
0: and ruth will never forgive me for it no matter what she says is what sarah says which is just so funny and like the way that she has taken herself out of like any culpability is mm -hmm. just like i mean in a sense like yes in a sense and she's obviously being uh like a tad bit facetious but clearly she feels like she should have been forgiven already by this time Mm -hmm. um But I loved this
1: detail, though, that like also at this trip. So David, who I guess is like, I don't know, like 10 or 12, like younger little David. He got got lost, but they found him unharmed the next day in the canyon. And I love the look on David's face. He's just like, I'm in this story, too. He's like,
0: (laughs) hell yeah. Right? I did that. And, like, who knows what the hell you did? This is so funny. I literally just watched The Blair Witch Project yesterday for the first time. I had never seen that movie. Wow, look at you. you...
1: Four weddings and a funeral, The Blair Witch (laughs) Project? What's going on Listen,
0: sometimes you got to fill the gaps that you have, okay, in your Mm -hmm. history. David is very lucky. David is very lucky that he had a very pleasant time in the woods because it could have gone very differently for a Mm 10-year-old. But uh, this is so funny i absolutely agree the look on david's face is so wholesome and hilarious
1: he's like what do you like to know what i got it
0: (laughs) like he had his own fun Mm -hmm. uh you know probably not as not the same kind of fun but he you know he disappeared and who knows what he took who knows what he was given potentially Mm -hmm. um but it's hilarious and the way and the, the way that claire reacts i love there are so many layers to this and speaking of layers like it's almost like to your point about the the dinner like they can't and the show doesn't at all like cannot be overused but like it's almost like we can't we cannot return to that until certain realities have changed within the characters because then it makes those moments of intersection so much more interesting based on like, we keep saying the history that we now have seen them establish. It's mm-hmm. not just the, the interpreted history that they have to tell us about now. It's like, Oh, remember in season one when such and such happened and like, you know, with the ebb and the flow and last, <laughs> and last episode when Brenda's like, Oh, you know all about flow. Cause we were all there for the ecstasy. Um, it's so wonderful to just get the, get the 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 history of that we've already seen it's wonderful and like gray's anatomy does this it used to do it much better now it's kind of the artificial thing of like it's literally just 3d printing seasons so of course there's going to be a (laughs) physical structure there of Mm -hmm. history but it's not necessarily as like emotionally rich um but no less uh emotionally affecting um But it's it's wonderful to see here. And I have to say, I was very impressed. We're going to stay we're going to stay with Sarah for the most part. But like, I was very impressed with how Nikolai putting aside for a second how he was acting with Sarah, because they were both like major party foul on both of their ends, Mm. physical, physically close they were being at one point. But he goes right to Ruth. And he's like, what's wrong? He gives her Mm -hmm. a hug. He sees that she's not being honest about what's wrong, but he's not being judgmental about it. Clearly she's having an emotional reaction. I'm going to give her a hug. And it's not patronizing. It's very sincere. I was like, Nikolai,
1: you went to emotional school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that Nikolai is really like proving to be uh, a great partner for Ruth here. Like I love like, you know, just the, he's a good foil for her. Like, Fretting, anxiety. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, this is good. Family together, engagement, happy. <laughs> like he's, you know, that's really nice. Uh-huh. um And um you know, I like. Obviously, I think that you know he gets. Ruth gets uncomfortable because Nikolai's drinking vodka with Sarah, and they're having fun. Like Sarah can kind of let loose mm-hmm. and um and be free in a way. And that so Ruth... quickly connect. Yes, yes, and Ruth is like much more slow, but to to warm up to somebody, right. but. Nikolai, does, like, I don't think he has eyes for Sarah. I think that he's, like, very much in love with Ruth. And then when Ruth is getting, like, overwhelmed at the end of the night, he says, don't worry. I will help you clean up. Like, yeah, everyone yeah. should be happy. Like, I think that the Nikolai is, for the most part, a good boyfriend. Um, and as, uh, you know, what does Sarah say? That he's cute. And I bet he's a wonderful lover. So, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> this good must for must be amazing.
1: The sex must be amazing. Um, so good for Ruth. Um, but the the real, I think, inciting incident is the way that Sarah bonds with Claire.
0: Watching Ruth watch Sarah, it's so fascinating to watch it escalate. And then she's like, you know, she's focusing on her food. She's eating, she's eating whatever she's making comments when that, when that moment comes with Claire, she literally drops her fork. Mm. Like she cannot even stand it. Like a line has been crossed now. Like now you are messing with my daughter, Mm. not the one who I like so clearly want to bond with the most and like, Seem to completely lack any kind of understanding or context as to how. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, it's 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 heartbreaking. It's like kind of funny in a way because we understand like all the layers of it, and but it's no less heartbreaking to be like, oh God, Ruth. I like I know how mm-hmm. you feel, but also Claire is like getting to feel a certain way about herself, which we'll get to. Obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it is tragic because it's that like we we heard Ruth just in the last episode sort of, like, desperately, like, plea for intimacy. um, And she's asking for that. She wants to have that connection with her children. But it's, like, she has been, you know, whether she's incapable or whether she's unwilling, she Mm -hmm. has not openly forged that by showing any interest in connecting with them on their terms. And the things that Sarah does are really simple. Like, just... Walking into Claire's room and looking at how she organizes her space, like looking at her art and like, mm-hmm. you know, responding to that, finding out from Claire, like what she's interested in doing. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I think at the time when I originally watched this, um, I was, you know, close to Claire's age. And some of this is like really early 2000s like cliche art girl stuff Mm -hmm. like if you look at her art and like my 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 sister this the sarah to my ruth like was also like she went to art school and she had a lot of art in our house and it was Mm -hmm. like very like i don't know just like the emo like Mm -hmm. overtly artistic i love the way that like Sarah responds to it like well it's not an original perspective but it is authentic (laughs) it's
0: authentic right and she's like not and I think that's part of what appeals to Claire right of like she's not condescending she's not patronizing she's not she's being honest Mm -hmm. but not unkind and to your point responding to what she sees and just judging her and trying to clearly trying to like show her something about herself that she may not know. Yeah. Just it's crazy to watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, and she's interested in Claire and you can say that it's like easier for her because she's an artist and Claire is artistic, but Claire hasn't even self-identified as being artistic yet. Yes. But she has all of this stuff in her space that's surrounding that. And she's so thirsty for any adult To help her come out of her skin. And like at one point, Sarah says something to Claire that's like similar to what Gary has said to her before. But like, I think that this time it actually penetrates because it like comes from somebody that Claire is like, I don't know, like not maybe questioning the motives of or is like, you know, and she says, like, drop the generic apathy. It's laziness. (laughs) And like this is like, and this is. I mean, (laughs) as much as Sarah's like a little bit over the top, like with Uh the Tai Chi and like the Dean and Deluca spices or whatever. Like, I think that this is really cutting because that has been that's like Claire's mode of defense. It's like I don't, I don't, I don't care about me being friends with my classmates. I don't care about Mm -hmm. Gabe. I don't care about my family. I don't care about my future. I don't want to go to college. And it's like. She really needs somebody to, like, give her permission to care and, mm. like, let her know that it's scary. But, like, with with the support of emotionally awake adults in your life, like, maybe you can do it. And all Ruth has done in the relationship with Claire in particular is, like, been disappointed that she's yeah. not getting more, um, but she hasn't, and she hasn't given anything. She hasn't showed this interest. So, I think that obviously Ruth is jealous because Claire is interested in Sarah. But I also think Ruth is jealous because she sees that Sarah is capable of doing something that she's not a, she's not, she hasn't let herself do.
0: Yeah. No. It's. It, I couldn't help but think of the specific, like, aunt, uncle, uh, you know, child. I'm like, what is the other uh, uh, nephew-niece, like, relationship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, it gives you, there's, and, and this is to what we're talking about, of, like, the the source of this information that Claire is getting, where it, like, feels familiar and safe because she is like my mother's sister, even though this is someone possibly that I may not even have ever met. But there's like a freedom from all of the history and all of mm-hmm. the it's like making a new friend and all of the dynamics and habits and patterns that we form with like our very, you know, nuclear family where everything is like so entrenched. And it that rings true. And like I have, you know, uncles and, and aunts who aren't like technically even blood related, but yeah. they serve the same purpose because right. they are like an authority figure, especially when you're at the younger age. And you're like, wow, I can actually see you the way I perceive you to see me is so different than the way mm-hmm. I perceive my parents to see me. And there's something so liberating and honest about that, that you can't you can't manufacture. It's like it's yeah, I it's, cool it's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It allows a lot of like opportunity, like I think for developing other parts of oneself. And like now that I'm a parent and like I see the way my kids are with their aunts and uncles and other adults in their life, I'm just like, oh, you can do this with your aunt because like, she's not going to be as worried about protecting your safety as I am. And I just like, can't do that. Like, you know, it's
0: like, this, is, right.
1: this is like a fun thing for you to do together. Yes. And like, I'll just be like really worried about like whether you're going to slip and like skin your, skin your knee. It's like, there's, right. it's just, there's something that's so important about having that variety of relationships. Mm. And um, like Claire, even though she's the youngest and she has these brothers, she's like tried to go to them as other supportive adults in her life. And, they're not really that great about it. Either. When,
0: when did you try to talk to me, Claire? I'm always here. I'm always emotionally present, even with my crazy AVN thing that I haven't told anyone about. Jesus.
1: Um, but the other fun thing I thought about having Sarah come into this episode is because we see a little bit of the David Nate dynamic manifest in Ruth and Sarah. And like when Ruth and Sarah finally have that confrontational conversation in Mm -hmm. the end of the episode it's so good like it's so good because um it and I I thought I wrote it down but I think I lost it here because I think I did it on my phone and not but whatever nobody cares about that but um (laughs) I care. I'm your sibling. I
0: care about things.
1: Nobody cares about me. Um, (laughs) We find out that like Ruth was the one who was left, you know, taking care of legless grandma and, you know, Sarah went off and like had this adventurous life and, you know, Ruth was like the per- the one who stayed home, had like more responsibility after her parents died, which is exactly like the same thing, you know, that Nate left home and went and pursued his own thing. And mm-hmm. David was left feeling like responsibility for the family business. And I thought that this conversation was just so fantastic because Ruth has projected this like yeah. idea that Sarah has had this carefree, fun life. That has been unencumbered by the responsibilities that have made Ruth unhappy and Ruth's choice has been to be unhappy with the decisions that she makes. And like, despite all of the, despite the diploma from flower school, despite Mm -hmm. finishing the plan and rebuilding the structure, like she has not confronted the extent to which it's her own choices to feel sorry for herself which is what Sarah Mm -hmm. says like you didn't let anybody help you because that would have interfered with your feeling sorry for yourself and like that is like what Ruth does takes on like I'm this victim Mm -hmm. of my circumstances and Sarah shares that like you know she lost the only man that she ever loved she's incapable of having children like she hasn't had the successful artistic career that she wanted um and she says like it's all hard. You just made different choices for me. And I thought that that was like such a powerful statement.
0: Yeah. Because it's, it's not unkind. Like she's, she really is. It's such a wonderful, like crystallization of, of everything you just said. And her trying to, again, once again, just like she did with Claire put it in a way that Ruth can hear it and isn't judging her, but is telling her something that is, you know, probably hard to hear. Mm-hmm. But again, doing it authentically, as she as Sarah would say, it's authentic. Yeah. Um, it's so wonderful and it's so hard for her to hear. It's so hard for us to watch Ruth hear it but also again there's like a freedom that comes with it of like okay now what what can come now from that like what is possible mm-hmm. when you face something like that or when you start to face something right like that right because it's not just a thing that you flip a switch and you're like great we confronted that it's over mm-hmm. like now it's a thing that you have to work through in a way or try to work through in a way yeah um and i think it's it's so sweet and then ruth is like I'm sorry about the ovaries. I didn't know.
1: That's yeah, right. and of course you didn't know Ruth because you don't ask anybody about how they're doing. You don't ask anybody about themselves.
0: You're always asking me about my house, about the fence around my house. You know, but what about me? You never ask me what my house is feeling. What my house. The needs only question
1: that Ruth asks other people is like, who David is having sex with. <laughs> Who's that new friend that you
0: had over? <laughs> David's like, please, no, not this. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I loved, oh my God, I just thought of this and I want to say it quickly before I forget. Speaking of like funny, stupid moments, uh, when Claire comes down the stairs at some point and Nikolai's there. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. And
0: uh Ruth is like, good morning. And Claire's like, apparently. <laughs>
1: so So funny. funny. And like David also is just like immediately like horrified to see Nikolai there. Like, and Nikolai is like perfectly at home. Right. He's like, oh, special friend. Bring special friend. (laughs) Let's meet. (laughs) But let's talk about special friend because special friend Uh, wanted to come over for breakfast.
0: He, all he wants apparently is to like meet the, he, listen, he does not know what he's missing and i also honestly mean it the opposite way he doesn't know how good he has it like mm-hmm. right now being mm-hmm. spared of these people these people we love tremendously but also give us a really hard time uh-huh. like our hearts no, that,
1: at times i would i would love to be a guest at the fisher family dinner i would oh my
0: god to be there to be like the brenda but to better be the at linda
1: it? at the fisher family wow <laughs>
0: Incredible, what a moment that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, once again, Adam Scott not filming Severance season two. Now he is, though.
1: As now he is, he, he is now, and he, we'll but he
0: we'll
1: was no, he is, he is. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I'm following the Instagram account. Oh, um, there you
0: go. I trust,
1: yeah. Oh, I'm so mad at David for messing this up, Ariel.
0: I mean. David was ready to I cannot help but remember when David was ready to get up like oh okay there's no spark all right bye and like yes we already went over that like he only did that because he thought that yeah. he was gonna say it but like I don't know you had a visceral reaction you went yeah. to get up I it, to his credit okay hold on to his in like maybe eight point font italicized very mm-hmm. small to his like minor credit he seems to be when he finally does come clean He's like almost annoyingly honest. Like this is almost kind of cruel for him to be like, you know what? Like you were, you were like a good guy. And I was like, I needed to get back out there. So like, I needed you to be my training wheels and protect yeah, me from yeah, like yeah. getting hurt. It's like, that's so brutal to say <laughs> So.
1: No, David is so bad. He's sense. so bad here. And I'll and like 2002, Amanda was probably annoyed with David. But 2024, Amanda, in the year of our Lord, Adam Scott, <laughs> for you to be dumping this man. Do you know how well he's aged, David? <laughs> <laughs> do you have any idea how hard he's? He's with only 20? like appreciated yes, in value.
0: I agree. This is. Uh... I would be I think your point about the how old we were when we were absorbing mm-hmm. this is absolutely spot on for me as well. And like me now, I'm like, you wait to how long? That's almost yeah. a month. Oh, no, absolutely not. This is yeah. too much. This is too. That's like long enough for you to be like, no. Or, yeah. you well, know, Ben be says honest. that he
1: loves you. He's at the I love you stage of things with David. He's being like t- a total sweetheart. I like, will say
0: this very quickly, just mm, about the I love you thing. Too too soon. It's Whether it's too soon or not, it, I, I genuinely believe this for myself and for everyone. You say it when you feel it. And as long as you mean it, it's fine. When you say it and you expect the other person to mm-hmm, say it back, mm-hmm. you are at minimum setting yourself up for disappointment. The the real thing, if you're actually saying it for the right reason, you're not saying it because you want to hear it back. You're saying it because you feel it and you want the other person to know if they want to say it back. That's great. And that's great for your pride. But the disappointment immediately when he doesn't hear it back, I'm like, "Mm, that's
1: like. I love this manifesto from you, Ariel. This really got you fired up. You had a strong well founded opinion based on years based on experience. of hard, hard won experience. Um, no, I agree with you. I feel like I have a little bit of my Adam Scott goggles on and I've been a little too kind to him. Like, it's true that when you say I love you, you're sort of escalating things and you have to. I mean, look, like our king, Nate Fisher has been really good about this like you say I love you and it's sort of like that's how I feel but I am not imposing something on you Mm -hmm. and it's possible that there was like a gentler way to share this that didn't make like because it kind of seems like I I think that David took this as like a make it or break it ultimatum moment where it's like Mm -hmm. oh either I catch up or this is over, yeah. which I don't think he had. to. I feel like there was an in-between thing that could have happened where David's like, I've just been realizing that I still have these feelings yes. for somebody else. Say and the it's thing
0: like, that you're saying now, except like with less finality and a yeah. little bit more openness and like respectfulness for your current relationship.
1: Right. Exactly. Like say like. This is great. and like I like and I wanted like and I' and I've been loving hanging out with you and I really want to see where it goes, but I need a little bit of more time, given mm-hmm. what I'm coming out of to get to the point that you're at now. Like that's a normal new relationship conversation yes. to have. And it's probably a testament to just like how little David actually cares about making this work, that he just <laughs> lets it go so poorly.
0: It's like, oh my God, I just had this realization. And even as I'm saying it, I have no sense of how insensitive I'm being. And actually my face is starting to brighten up and I can smile now because I have such clarity of vision
1: oh my God, thank you. Like, that's Yeah, I know. Win. Like, And he's like, yeah, I just thought that it was a good idea to get out there and like use you for my own like emotional <laughs> it's journey. Crazy.
0: Once again, serial killer behavior from a future <laughs> serial killer on a different show. <laughs>
1: So neither of these, like, characters, I think, handled this in the best way. I mean, they didn't have a lot of time in the scene. They had a lot of they had a lot of Sarah no, scenes. For sure, to for sure. Like-
0: but, I, you know, with the exception of, like, the one minus point that I gave uh, Ben, I think, mm-hmm. for sure, David is more of all here. At least in how, like, everyone handled everything. Yeah.
1: How did you let this one get away, David? Come on.
0: Uh, he'll regret it. He'll regret it later on. And they'll be like, oh, remember when you said there was no spark when you got up prematurely? I didn't forget that that's what that's what ben will talk about in therapy later
1: yes yes in therapy with gary because <laughs> <laughs> gary they got he's not allowed in the schools anymore no, keep him away from the children
0: <gasps> oh yeah um, uh that's all for oh again i guess that you know just staying with david for a second uh the taylor it, thing i just loved taylor's like on mm. and again the authenticity point is like driven home how genuinely happy she was to see him yeah she was like i miss you mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was lovely and like yeah we were seeing and we talked about this we were seeing taylor go through like a pretty rough time with her mom so she wasn't being her best self she was actually kind mm-hmm. of doing the best she could and to just see this side of her you and i called out like their genuine connection like dave and not feeling threatened by this child who he could meet like on her mm-hmm. level and they're, like, old friends. It was really sweet. Yeah, like kind it's of really cute.
1: I'm, like, I'm much more, like, sh- sh- I don't want to use the word shipping, but, like, I'm much more into, like, David and Taylor being friends yes. than I am David and Keith getting back <laughs> together.
0: Yes, right. And it's, like, that that extra wrinkle of, like, they are – there's a way in which, like, David is so good
1: for Taylor.
0: He could – like, his presence could be good for her because she seems to, like, open up and, you know, the way they treat each other – and are supportive of each other but like oh wait yeah the whole david and keith thing just makes it like way too complicated mm-hmm. and once again Keith, am i crazy or is this just eddie having no death perception again where he's <laughs> like oh keith keith had every opportunity to just be like uh yeah i'm not i just didn't want to go over there we didn't have time but yeah. for him to be like we're in a fight
1: <laughs> we're in a fight it's nothing forget about it it's like <laughs>
0: any more impassioned like I don't understand Eddie wh-
1: what signals are you getting <laughs> he's too busy looking in the mirror to see what's going on right in front of his face it
0: was crazy I'm like mm-hmm. Eddie wow like the flags are like black at this point they're so <laughs> red like they're like crimson dawn uh-huh. I don't know oh, wow you know to say wow <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I think that's it for, uh, for David.
1: Yes. Let's talk about Nate and Brenda. Um, the ebb is over and they're like, they're very, they're back to their old tricks. Ariel
0: is it? Okay. Is this just me? Please uh, be honest. Mm -hmm. Is Nate being a butthead? Am I being harsh for him to like Mm -hmm. immediately be like, is the ebb over? Like they just had their first night. Can he yeah. just live in the moment and enjoy is it? Like,
1: he's going to he, scare it away. He's yeah. 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 He doesn't. This is Brenda already told you that this is how you prolong the standard. ebb. Right. <laughs> you ask about the ebb. It prolongs the ebb. Okay.
0: Uh, he's just not getting it. Um, he's just so ex- he's so scared. I mean, that's, this is the fear thing, right? Like he's so scared. And like, yes, there's a half joke there about like the sex part of it, but like, I think it just speaks to like his overall desperation in general to like have this healthy relationship for the, Mm. in his head, like two days he has left on this earth. Like, it's so sad. It is really
1: sad. He's putting all
0: this extra pressure on his relationship by not telling her.
1: Right. And the, and like, it's also clear that like, I think that that through Nate's eyes at least, and maybe it's like a truth about the nature of their relationship. It's like the sexual intimacy is like such an indicator of their closeness because there's lots of, other ways that they just can't connect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you are in the is- way.
0: He's always in the way, standing in front of the fridge when mm-hmm. she's trying to get in the
1: fridge. Yeah, he's our self-described semi-literate f-boy.
0: <laughs> I loved it. She knows just how to minimize him to like five words. It's
1: incredible. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, but so Brenda's still working on her novel don't you read
0: it i see you reading it over my shoulder you better not read it amanda it's not for public consumption yet but she seems to be having fun writing it
1: she's having fun writing it i really like um to nate like to nate's like semi-literate um s machine <laughs> status like the way he's like this is such a nate thing like oh like christina is that you're holding caulfield he's like the one book he's ever read <laughs> and he's, he's read, like i'm like, making a, a literature reference look at me he read the cliff notes or something and like ninth grade it's like such a perfectly nate detail that that's mm-hmm. the only literary figure
0: right yeah and the fact that it's catcher in the Rye specifically it's like okay yeah all right nate <laughs> You go. You go with that. The The one. Yes, exactly. The one book that you happen to cheat off of someone else about.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like it seems like Brenda, given the references, the literary references that um, that the Yale hopeful Brenda Chenoweth drops here. Humbert Humbert and Constance Chatterley.
0: <laughs> Always need to one up him.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me
0: make some real references. Oh my god, Humbert, Humbert, indeed. I'm just thinking about
1: <laughs> right. I see. I see you. You're Humbert and raise you a <laughs> and raise Humbert. you an
0: origin story of Nate's virginity. Incredible. Incredible.
1: Um, it seems like Brenda is writing some smut.
0: Listen, Brenda is inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was inspired by uh, Michelle. Was her name? I can't Melissa. remember. Name, Melissa. Oh, so guess, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's. She's going to find know, a fountain
1: of inspiration. <laughs> fountain of inspiration, in both for
0: her sex life and for her book. Mm-hmm. And as much as she was a uh, passive observer in her original interaction with, you know, being uh, Melissa's plus one, if you will. Mm -hmm. She was not, for whatever reason, she didn't want to be a passive observer in her own, like, massage session. I was just, like, struck by that. Like, I couldn't help but compare those two uh, instances specifically.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's she's taking these, like, progressive steps into exploring something in herself. Like, so let's talk about this happy ending scene. What did you think about this, Ariel?
0: I, it's fascinating to
1: watch her,
0: Mm. her face change. Yeah. When it's not a very long scene. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Really? I'm not trying to be Mike Bloom right now. Um, I, think that it's so fascinating to watch her like react at first in a way that she's probably reacted many times yeah
1: before. yeah she's being very professional she's and very professional like and de- almost like kind of yes,
0: dismissive and like mm-hmm. a little bit rolling her eyes at least for the camera quote unquote mm-hmm. um and then like to watch her brain process it a little bit differently Mm -hmm. and be like but what if and then at this point I'm like wait is this a real thing is this a six feet under oh yeah you know like fantasy scene because it could go either way and we've seen it many times and I'm like no this is so much more interesting if it's actually happening so of course it kind it is and then I, I don't know I mean I I'm struck by Her reaction later when she's like, I don't think we should do that again. I don't think we should see each other again. Like she recognizes what she has done and the the
1: monumentality of it. Because I was immediately Um, like, well, now you have to do that every single time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because then it just becomes an expectation. You're like, not
1: today, honey. I have a headache. It's It's like, no. (laughs)
0: It's right. Listen, I don't care about your ebb. Okay, The
1: customer is always
0: always right. And for her to have opened that door and then immediately want to shut it. Mm -hmm. But again, to your point, this is already part of an escalation. So does that door actually stay shut? I
1: don't know. Yeah, I mean, so like, she has this encounter, and then she does it. And the guy's just like, Oh, thanks. Like, can we schedule something else? She's like, Nah, I'm never gonna see you again. But and th- he's
0: like weirdly cool about it in a way that I'm like, oh this isn't the first time this has happened to him where he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh all right well thanks anyway I'll I gotta go find someone else yeah, like just,
1: yeah anyway. um I do want to say that um if you look if you search for Brenda six feet under in the gift bar of uh Twitter this is the this is what comes up <laughs> I almost just spit up <laughs> Of all the things that Brenda does on the show, this is the one. This, this is the one that's incredible. immortalized. You um, know
0: what? Twitter would. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I'm I'm sorry to say, it tracks.
1: Twitter knows what it's doing. Um, so <laughs> X indeed. <laughs> triple X now. Um, mm-hmm. so but this is like clearly the dynamic. Like these instances are what's spurring. Uh, Brenda's creative inspiration to write mm-hmm. her book, which I'm sure is like terrible, but <laughs> this is this is giving her like we know that she's been searching. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let you recover. It. Is
0: there any world where it's good? No, because this hadn't even occurred to me. This is which I know. Oh, sounds crazy, yeah. But that's why I laughed so hard. He's like, oh, my God, you're right. It's probably so.
1: It's bad. probably like a dime store smutty romance novel, like about. <laughs> she's threesomes and, 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 and jerking off strangers like that's what she's writing about.
0: She's probably rewriting something that already exists, and she doesn't even know it. It's crazy. Wow. Anyway,
1: I should put into Chat GPT what was Brenda's <laughs> and find out. <laughs>
0: Write Brenda's novel that she's writing at the midpoint of season two. Oh
1: my god! Make will, sure I'm it's at least
0: three hundred pages.
1: I'm not going to do that right now, but I will do that. I promise. Before the next mm-hmm. time we record, um. So, yeah, so this, like, definitely, I think, suggests to me that this is, like, marking an escalation of Brenda's behavior. And it's so interesting that this comes, like, interspersed with them announcing their engagement. Like, Brenda is, like, Nate is so excited to share with his family. Brenda is, like, very lukewarm about it, seems to, like, have a lot of reservations and goes through it kind of reluctantly. Then you mentioned she has the dream that... Nate smothers her. It's interesting how she points out in that dream. She says to Nate, you're the only thing in my life that makes sense. And then he smothers her.
0: (laughs) And then he smothers He's like, "Uh, I don't like that. (laughs)
1: But it's like this weird tension in Brenda where she knows that Nate is good for her in some way or cares about her or is like the one thing in her life that could be good. But she's also like so afraid of that.
0: And she is the thing getting in the way. There's something like within her that is quote unquote wrong in some way or damaged, or whatever word of the day she wants to use on it. And I think it's really interesting before he smothers her the way he's like holding her down. And it's Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable because – She's like smiling through it, but there's a way in which she feels smothered, pre-smothering.
1: Or yeah, because really? he's just like, "I love you," and she's I just,
0: just like... love you, and it's so much, and it's so intense, and it's so uncomfortable, even for us to watch. I mean, for obvious reasons, it's not real, thankfully, but like, mm-hmm. there's just something about the way that he, she, in in this estimation of their relationship, the way she's kind of uh, telegraphing it to herself mm-hmm. here in her head. That he is always going to be too much in some way, seemingly. Like there's nothing. If being with him leads to your debt, like how do you reconcile that? Like, right. What is the right? What is the solution? I guess the solution is to get married. Never mind. No, I figured, they figured it out.
1: <laughs> but like even at the very first scene of them together, like he says, "I love you," and she says, "Good." <laughs> like yes, is- there.
0: This is like Han Solo, Leia, like eat your heart out. Like, I know. Like,
1: <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of this current of like questioning whether Nate and Brenda's relationship is really solid. Like we also have later in the episode, they're talking about um, you know, the the, the death of the week, which is uh which is collins i forget his first name Uh, matthew heath matthew collins and like his widow comes in and at first like nate is really concerned about her being upset if she sees the body but she insists and eventually he 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 remits and lets her see it only to discover that She's absolutely get like she laughs when she sees the body and she feels like free because he was abusive to her and he can't hit her anymore. And it's like another perspective, another like complicated layer of grief that we see Nate grappling with throughout the course of this episode. Like we also have a scene earlier after he meets with her where I think that this is in fantasy, but it's unclear where the fantasy starts and like it ends. But she asks Nate if he can help her and he gives her this like C.S. Lewis poem line and it doesn't help. And it's like he realizes like he has nothing to offer. Like he's thinking about leaving a grieving widow the way that that the Collins widow is left. And then it ends up being a completely different relationship than he anticipated. She's free. Mm -hmm. She's happy that he's gone. And he shares this with Brenda and they have this like moment where it's like, can you imagine being with somebody for 20 years and hating their guts? And they assure each other that we know what we're doing here. And they so clearly do not.
0: It's crazy. Doesn't she respond at some point like, oh, well, if it's at the end of the episode, she's like, well, we have our whole lives to, to have like uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, have dinners. comfortable
1: family dinners and all of that. You know, Nate says, like she says, if I ever hated you, I'd be long gone before you. Could yeah, die. right. Like,
0: she's like, as if, as if I would even make it that long. I think the the Nate thing is really uh, the Nate piece is really interesting. How he reacts with uh, Catherine Collins first, very quickly. I just want to say before I forget, last episode I was going to make a Desperate Housewives reference because uh, Emily Previn was played by Christine Estabrook, who on uh, Desperate Housewives played Martha Huber, who was a very nosy neighbor. Wow. And then this episode, we get Catherine Collins, played by Harriet Sampson Harris, who played Felicia Tillman on Desperate Housewives and was, like, a little
1: bit crazy, from what I remember. Wow.
0: Um, so and it's
1: six feet under in the Desperate Housewives universe?
0: That's... This is all I'm saying. This is, like, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's universe, wow. but, like, different. Um, I I just want to make that because I was like, oh, I, I didn't really need to say last week. It wasn't important. But now now I'm like, wow, two episodes in a row? <laughs> now now, Mark Cherry's just knocking at my door. He's like, mm, please mention No, everybody was, was listening
1: good. to the podcast yelling at their phones. Like, when is he going to say What it? about Mrs.
0: Tillman and Miss Super? Okay. The Nate piece. It's so crazy to watch Nate be like this to Senora Collins. Because she, if you think back to how he was, acting in the beginning of season one and how like empathetic he was being towards these people. And yes, it was very different. He was very new. There's a way in which like, it was so raw for him that like for him to not have acted that way would have been like somehow inhumane, but like to see how far he has come. Yes, for sure. You can make the argument that he's obviously going through something. So it changes that a little bit, but like also to the conversation that, Nate and uh David have there's a way in which like he has to be that way to like protect himself like he can't allow the empathy to extend to every single person you just don't have that much energy to go around but like it is a little bit sad to watch him turn a little bit more into the David when uh even if it is for self-protection when he was so good at like staying on the you know, empathy humane side of things and like fighting for the for the deceased or fighting for the deceased's family or doing all these things that like just trying to honor them in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is like, you know, they also present that this is like a a client that they're trying to like steal away from Kroner. And there's like the whole like Kroner did it this way. What are you gonna do? Um and like she's bargain shopping. And at first like Nate's like, well isn't that her right? And David's like, it's wasting my time. Um, yeah. So there's some of that tension there, but I think it's like very, very interesting to see like this thing that we like assume that we know something about a relationship and we don't. And, yeah. you know, Nate is kind of assuming like that his relationship is a certain way. And maybe he doesn't know, like all the while, you know, later David's going to ask him if he's told Brenda about his AVM and he still has not. So it's like,
0: and he lies and Ugh. he
1: lies about it yeah. he lies about it and says that he has so um
0: of course because for me not to have told already would be insane is mm-hmm. the implication there and even he knows it
1: so he he knows that there is trouble in paradise and they're just sort of like proceeding with this delusion that the marriage mm-hmm. is going to fix it that this delulu is like... as my friend would say <laughs> There, DeLulu, um, what else is new in the world of Six Feet Under?
0: Brenda has the most active imagination of everyone. Maybe her and Nate. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, anything else that you want to touch on with this episode, Ariel?
0: Um. I just want to... Yeah, I guess we talked about most of the Claire stuff. I do just want to call out Rico real quick mm-hmm. because... I love even for him, like he isn't at the dinner, but again, to the layer point that I made earlier, so inelegantly, like all of the people either are on the verge of learning something about themselves or accepting Mm. something about themselves or actively in denial about themselves and perhaps on the verge of realizing it. Hint, hint, Nate, maybe. Um, But Rico has this like really interesting moment with his wife where there you know apparently there's like mold in the wall and that's not great and it was Rico's cousin who checked everything but Rico's cousin to his credit was like I'm not an inspector and I told you that I was yeah. just giving you my opinion
1: and Rico and... to his credit didn't buy the house Vanessa bought right. it behind well, his back. her
0: back with your sister's money <laughs> yeah. so how about that I yeah. just thought like his the the execution on first of all, obviously the line read, but like the timing on that of like oh oh, so we're gonna throw stones now, and it's not one to one, but like I think it is. He he has a point as far as like the dynamic yeah. and the communication within the relationship.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like trouble in paradise between Rico and Vanessa, and it's and like anytime
0: there's... we get sorry, to interrupt. Anytime we get to see Vanessa, I'm happy because I love the way that she brings something out of Rico. Usually it's anger, but like mm-hmm. makes his character that much more interesting.
1: Yeah. And you, but it get, yeah, it gives it like the dimension of the fact that like he's dealing with his own family issues on top of everything that's going on with the fishers. And it's yes. like, it's very important to Rico to feel like, He's a provider, he's taking care of his family. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, when the job that allows him to do that is also taking him away from the family when they need him, it's like he's in this position and it like brings out a lot of tension between Rico and Vanessa.
0: <laughs> when Rico, <laughs> I just thought of this when Rico is in, uh, is waiting to like start on the body and he's been waiting for the picture, and then David is. Talking to Nate. And then Rico's like, Well, I told you my opinion on that. And Nate and David immediately is like, Not now, Rico. Like he just doesn't want to hear it. It is so rude. And like that's the extra layer of like Rico keeps getting like pushed down, but he actually is not just a voice of experience, like a voice of authority in a lot of ways, at least authority on like what to do in a lot of mm-hmm. these situations. And he should be by now on a track to be yeah. partner at some point. They should have had this conversation so many times. Yeah. Um, and like I said, anytime we get to see yeah. Vanessa again and Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't think of this till now. <laughs> Rico's
1: cousin is one of the husbands on. T- on the house. Why? Oh my goodness. Wow. Look at this. The culmination. I feel like I'm witnessing Charlie Day at the tack board with all of the strings making the connections right now.
0: I have nothing else to say. We should just go to plugs. Like This this podcast is over. This is my Michelangelo.
1: I mean, you should end your podcasting career
0: listen listen crazier things
1: crazier things have have truly happened they really have um all right ariel
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. we're
1: gonna be back next week talking about episode seven of six feet under until then what Mm -hmm. do you have going on where can people keep up with you
0: Oh, my God. I am just working away at my conspiracy theories about Desperate Housewives, uh, but usually potting about movies with Grace, Uh, Pusher Recaps Theater. We're going to be talking about one of the movies I am most excited about. I haven't been this excited about a movie in quite some time, and it is, of course, Madam (laughs) Webb.
1: Sorry, I'm wow. so wow. happy that this movie is finally. Is this, coming wait, out. is that when your mother was in the? Oh Amazon my god, this is this spiders? is when he met
0: her when my mother was researching <laughs> spiders in the Amazon right before she died.
1: Wow, I can't believe that. That's that's you.
0: Uh, uh so that's coming out probably later probably like a late week because it's like that midweek like the movie mm-hmm. comes out on valentine's day which is a wednesday so you know they're kind of playing with time there i guess to the movie's uh whole spiel um also talking about masters of the air with philly that's been fun uh week to week apple tv plus is masters of the air and i think that's Everything I'm on, uh, the old
1: XXX <laughs> at that
0: other aerial, just
1: posting that Brenda GIF. If you just post
0: the Brenda GIF nonstop once a day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> what about you?
1: Oh, well, uh, you can find me on post show recaps where I am covering true detective, true detective night country careening towards its climactic finale this sunday on yeah. max on hbo i've been covering f- that with grace
0: we're finally going to find out if the sun comes up i'm we're so gonna excited We're
1: finally find out if the sun comes up um it's been a tremendous season i've had a lot of fun breaking it down with grace so please join us to catch that recap there and you can always keep up with everything I'm doing on um twitter slash x where I am at dr amanda r that's dr amanda r and ariel. You and I will be back next week talking about six feet under season two, episode seven. Back to the garden.
0: Oh my god, yeah.
1: And until then, dear readers, rest in peace. Ah.